is the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I am John Schofield. Joining me is co-host Ward Carroll and producer Chris Cervello. This is the first of our daily podcast for Army Week. So in our uh, yearning to sing second on Saturday as the team travels up to Mikey Stadium, we will try to bring you a variety of guests, a variety of perspectives, and some breakdown about what we can expect to see. Everything from spirit spots to the game itself, injuries to you know, perspectives from old superintendents. Um, so as, as we kick it off, uh, I would be remiss if I did not comment on the latest news that has just come out. As we record this on Monday, the Navy men's basketball program has just put out a release that all of their activities for 10 days have been paused and their games that were coming up on the schedule against Morgan State and Delaware are canceled, you know, which obviously is not a good thing based on what this possibly means in terms of infection and our thoughts about the health and safety of the mids are first. Ward, I'll kick it to you. Kind of an inauspicious beginning to Army Week. Hopefully there isn't any more bleed over to other sports, notably football from here, but we're not entirely surprised, right? Well, that's exactly right. And so my first thought is here we go. Exactly our worst fears realized about how the basketball season was going to go. We, we had this conversation up front with Coach so here's hoping that it's managed. We've dealt with COVID spikes during football season. Um, we were just musing um, during the football game on Saturday about, hey, we were glad to get those two games in. Really, fingers crossed about armies happening on Saturday. So if that does happen, then we'll get out of the season with having only missed one game, the USF game, which as we we're prognosticating at the beginning of the season how if we'd said, oh, you're going to have that number of games or we'll only miss one, we would have we would have taken that. You know, we'd have taken that straight up. Yeah, here we go. It's a disappointing development. And, you know, and I'm I'm the stats nerd here. I'm particularly uh, disappointed for Cam, who really could have gone on a run this year and. Um, really launched himself way up the list of all-time leading scorers at the Naval Academy. And Cam, like every other Naval Academy athlete, does not have the benefit that every other D1 athlete has this winter in the basketball programs, and that is a free year to come back should they choose. Um, at the Naval Academy, that doesn't wash. At service academies, that doesn't wash, unless you're Air Force and you take the gap year. Uh, but that's another another opinion for another day. So, Chris Cervello, um, you know, the the thought is that, man, if this is affecting the basketball program, there's got to be concern on the football end. I don't want to rumor monger. I don't want to cause alarm. Um, but obviously, if there's a COVID pause in one athletic program, the other athletic programs have to be concerned. How concerned do you think they should be? Well, I think they... Um are probably very concerned, um, and they and they should be. Uh, I, I guess the only thing that gives me 
any sort of you know hope, confidence, whatever the right uh, descriptor is, is that um, as we've talked about on the pod, uh, they have handled each of these situations that we have known about um, with great prudence, with great care, and have really you know made these decisions out of an abundance of caution. So I, again, not having all the details, I, I'm just hopeful that this is the the same sort of thing that either you know because of trace or because of you know a, a single case, they're they're making the prudent decision well in advance before it um, you know causes a health concern and before it affects other uh, teams or other midshipmen. But, you know, it'll be something that we follow through throughout the week. And, you know, unfortunately, we don't have the benefit of of WAGs here this evening. Um, but, you know, this is something we'll follow up on. It's disappointing. Um, you know, here you are, you've got, you know, another Washington Redskin or Washington football team and, and Steelers game happening at 5 p.m. on a Monday. And then there's a Tuesday game and, you, you still have college games being canceled uh, left and right. Um, it just, again, it, it gives me, it gives me a great deal of pause and it's, and it's obviously very concerning for uh, the athletes and the students themselves. With that, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be joined by Ryland Tui, he of the Spirit Spot uh, legend. And then after that, we're very happy to be joined by Connor Crean, also known as Captain Cons on the Zero Blog 30 podcast, proud West Point graduate and former football player. So stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. We will be right back. You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield, Ward Carroll, and special guest Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at WeSingSecond. That's at WeSingSecond. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, hey, SingSecond sports fans, we are back. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, our very first guest to kick off Army Week, um, and I think kicking it off right, is Lieutenant Ryland Tui. Many might remember Ryland from his days of Hell Me yeah, or We Give a Ship, or Naptown Funk. I just knew him as basically the midshipman who made me look like the best PAO ever. With all, with all due respect and in all seriousness, Ryland, who was class of 16 when he graduated, instead of being a PAO, which probably would have made him the most talented PAO in the fleet, um, went Civil Engineering Corps. He is a CB. Uh, during the course of his time as a CB, he has traveled the world. He has used his video talents to make kind of the quintessential, you know, summary video of the Civil Engineering Corps, and now is back as of last night uh, with his latest uh, Army Navy Spirit Spot called Beat Army, a viral video. Rylan, how are you? To catch everyone up with what you've been up to. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. I think the last time we spoke, it's it's funny, John. Usually we uh, text each other and start talking about uh, around Army Navy time every year. It's like a you know an annual tradition. So um, yep. it was good to hear from you this year. And uh, I'm in San Diego. I'm uh, currently at Amphibious Construction Battalion One uh, in Coronado, where um, I'm a future operations officer. So I'm a lieutenant. So that's uh, finally you know I. Uh, I guess it, it has been many years since you and I uh, worked together. Uh, rather, I worked for you. Um, but 
yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying my time out here. I've been out here for about a year and a half. Obviously, COVID has completely changed everything um, and definitely changed my perspective about how to approach this year. Um, I wanted to produce one last year. I think for me, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a reprieve from, from work because um, I obviously don't do any of this for the Navy. It's all in my spare time. So um, I had something lined up uh, last year, and then um, I was out actually uh, shot off to Diego Garcia for a little bit. Um, and then deployed uh, shortly um, earlier this year. So uh, very busy, uh, 19 into 20. And then um, I really kind of was had my eyes set on something this year. And um, again, I had something completely different and then felt that it wasn't fitting for the time. So I'm glad this one came all, all together. Of all of your videos, and, and I think that the listeners would probably benefit from a, a little bit of a history how did it start? Was it something you always thought that you were good at and wanted to do? And then, you know, of all of them, what, what is your coup de grace? What is your favorite? So for me, it was either the Naval Academy or film school. Um, and I ended up choosing the Naval Academy because I wanted a technical degree. And I said, hey, I could maybe put my filmmaking passions on hold for a couple of years. Um, and I was wrong. You know, I showed up, I saw spirit spots as what are these? Uh, back in the day of, um, I think it was like Microsoft Editor and and everything. It was it was fun to see the the origins of those spirit spots. And then I said, hey, maybe I can put my own uh, twist on things. Um, so yeah, started in 2012. It's crazy to think that I've I've been at it now for a little over eight years. But um, I don't know. I love each of them differently. I think um, I think obviously the We Give a Ship was the first. First one into the comedy realm, you know, the kind of slapstick, quick commercial pan, kind of like in your face. Um, and that kind of really set the tone for the products that I, I think I produce. But um, Naptown Funk obviously is up there just because it was such an awesome project. I was so fortunate to, to get to do that, to have the support from everybody at the Academy and, and Annapolis. Um, so I would, probably put, I would probably put those two up there just because they were really the origins for um, many of my others. So as I kick it over to Chris and then we'll have Ward ask you a couple of questions because I think you and Ward are from the same creative uh, background. For me, my all time favorite was the tour of Army West Point, uh, which if people don't really remember uh, or know, number one, it's Brigade Commander Margot Dara's like absolute tour de force of acting. Um, but also it's the one that we had a tough time, if you remember, Ryland, getting through the soup and that slap shot had just arrived and we had, we had kind of gotten the momentum going and we had some videos out and then you, you made this and slap shot originally was like, whoa, like that this, they had just had the pillow fight thing. You had done the pillow fight video and then, and then the tour of Army West Point came second. And, and my literal favorite moment is when the sheet comes down and they're all screaming behind the cages. And your one dude, I forget his name. Andrew Potts. Bunch, Andrew Potts <laughs> is making the most deranged, smiling face at, at the sounds of the screams of the people behind the cages. So I recommend that as my all-time favorite video. Um, but like, it, it, as we kick it over to Chris, did you feel like, cause you know, we tried to advocate a lot for you. And at times I had to say no, if not temporarily, did you feel like your creative spirit was kind of tramped down there and that you've got 
more of an opportunity now as an officer or you, you know, or did you feel like you had the support you needed? Well, first off, Andrew Potts, obviously in your favorite spirit spot, he makes a reappearance here. Uh, one of the, the things I was most happy about was I brought the band back together for this. So anyway, that's in the latest spirit spot, the one that's out now. Um, but you know, I, I look back and this sounds cheesy, but I feel like your spin um, and your kind of like uh, different approach to viewing the spirit spots allowed me to better each spirit spot. And it's because I feel like what I've done well throughout my years of making videos has been sort of tiptoeing the line of like kid humor and adult humor. Um, And uh, obviously there are times, you know, I could be vulgar or I could be um, a little bit more obtuse, but it sometimes it's dialing it back and figuring out that perfect comedic timing. And I feel like that was where you and Jenny Erickson, of course, were able to look at it. And, you know, it wasn't a very technical um, analysis, but it was like, hey, this scene, we probably need to cut it for da 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 da. And in all, I feel like that those four years of um, doing that to each of my videos being incredibly critical allowed them to be that better, that much better, I should say. And, um, and in, in a way it's, it's, it was super helpful for me now because I, I don't, when I create videos now, I have a little bit more separation from the Naval Academy. Um, but I still kind of, uh, you know, reflect back on our conversations and include that. Hey, Ryland, again, thanks for joining us. Um, weirdest, uh, Weirdest place or weirdest time somebody recognized you um, as the spirit spot guy? I mean, do you have a story that kind of stands out in your mind? Um, I was in Puerto Rico, as every good story starts. And I was at the airport. <laughs> and I was just walking through the terminal. And, and it's always, hey, you're that guy. <laughs> so um, that one, uh, that, that one it turned out to be a, a, a midshipman's mom. Um, who was flying through Puerto Rico as well, or flying from Puerto Rico. They're from Puerto Rico. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, I, I'm always humbled every time that happens just because for me, I think the greatest thing that I'm, I'm so fortunate for is to have these videos still be relevant um, for four plus years after graduating. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really grateful for that audience still. Well, Ryan, it's good to see you on the zoom here and, uh, Talk to you. So I, I first heard about Ryland from David Gale, who was the president of MTV Films for 18 years. And then he founded We're the Mighty in Hollywood. And I was the first editor in chief out there. And as we were talking about who's the talent out there that we could leverage and give velocity to, Ryland's name was on the short, short list. Um, was able to meet him in person when we moved back to Annapolis. In fact, I was just going through my phone and I found a picture of me and Ryland at graduation when John was still a PAO. <laughs> um, this was commissioning um, 20, what would that have been? 2015, right? Um, at a beautiful day at Navy Marine Corps. Um, and so I, I, John, you say that he and I are from the same phylum or whatever. Um, I'm not as talented as, as Ryland is. He's, he's, Got buku talent. He's got a better work ethic than I do, um, and so I. The, I think the one thing that that I can relate to is he's in the wrong profession, um, and for his crime of going to the Naval Academy, he's going to 
figure this out. Maybe it'll take him 20 years like it did me. Um, but I, I say that lovingly because being creative, as we all know, in the Navy is not against the grain. It, 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 it can be complimentary depending on uh, what tour you get and who your CEO is. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think we will hear more about Rylan once he gets out of the Navy or he has enough bandwidth to, you know, pursue his muse while he's on active duty. And it doesn't sound like that's currently what he, you know, what he has at his, uh, at his disposal. So um, have you seen any spirit spots this year? Have we done any? I haven't seen any. Is it a thing even? I, I personally haven't seen any Navy spirit spots. You know, I always keep my, ear to the floor uh, for any of them. I saw U.S. Army make a spoof of, of one that was done in 2012, um, the Gangnam Style one, which I, I didn't have anything. Uh, I wasn't a part of that one, but uh, that's the only thing I've seen. I feel like, I don't know if Spirit has dropped or if if um, the mids and cadets have, um, you know, don't, don't even want to attempt it nowadays. I think that was the greatest thing about Spear Spots to begin with was it was, you had a, you had a small camera and, and just something funny. And it was for the mids um, or for the cadets. And I still try to keep that spirit. I think nowadays, um, but I don't know. I, ha I haven't seen any yet. And maybe they're there to come where it's only the start of the week right now. Yeah. I, I haven't seen any. I don't know if John or Chris. No, has seen any. I haven't yeah, seen I mean, one think, other than Ryan. I, mean, I, I get the, the COVID environment kind of thing, but I agree with you, Ryan, that um, maybe that should have been more conducive to the creation of, of spirit content. Um, it's weird because they're also in finals this week. Um, so um, not exactly the, the right time to, you know, have rumbles and uh, move airplanes around the yard and that kind of thing. You're probably not going to see a whole lot of that going on during finals. When, when I first showed up, um, you know, the, the spirit spot momentum was already going and you said it exactly right. Jenny had a forethought um, as the director of media relations when I was there uh, to really latch on to what both you and JD Kameen, you know, and, and we've talked about JD on this pod before he was making videos more of just like a, um, commentary on some of the ridiculousness of the Naval Academy and those videos, you know, first debuting on Facebook were amazing. Uh, but, but really as you arrived and as you brought spirit spots, um, on board, it, it started be to become pop culture. And it was almost at the same time that the uniform reveals were so big. So now all of a sudden, instead of America's game, people were looking forward to the uniforms and the spirit spots, which again, added to the benefit of this brand, you know, for those of us who are trying to make people realize that this is indeed the best rivalry in sports. And you played a very integral role there. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you the last word. I'll end by complimenting you. My, my favorite memory of, of working with you on your spots was the, the Taylor Swift shake it off video with the swim team, um, which was, I think one of your mo more brilliant moves. And we just had Chet um, Gladchuck on this podcast last week. And I remember when we took it to him, he was like two seconds. No, that that's not <laughs> happening. They're in their they're in their speedos. You know, they're half naked. They're hanging from the ceiling. No, and I remember coming back to you and 
you know, that what I really loved about, you know, our relationship, your relationship with the public affairs office is that you weren't emotional about it. You just said, hey, this is the reason why this video is good. And I know that I'm trying to talk to a much older audience who might not understand the comedy, but I'm telling you, think of how the audience, think about the mids are going to absolutely embrace this. And Chris and Ward and I, as, as PAOs, we, we've, we've flexed that forever. We've talked about it forever. And, and for you to have that grasped so early, in addition to making such a talented video, was, was just really remarkable to me. And I was so happy when the video finally came out after many, many, many edits. <laughs> um, so, Ryan, I'll give you the last word. Where can people find the latest Spirit Spot? Uh, you know, what, what can you tell them about this Spirit Spot? And what are you going to be doing for Army Navy? Yeah, so uh, this Spirit Spot is live right now on YouTube. Um, you can, it's under my username, uh, just my my first and last name, Ryland Tui. Um, feel free to also Google Beat Army, a viral video, and you'll, you'll find it there. Um, again, this video this year was a ton of fun. Uh, really got to bring back the band and uh, made it very quickly. As per usual, no budget, like no resources. It's, it's me, a camera guy. Um, who turns out to be one of the actors and all of us working together. It's, it's such a, uh, it's <laughs> such a low budget approach. Uh, but I, I think that is what gives us its character. So um, really happy about the reception and uh, army Navy week, of course, going to be very, very different. Unfortunately out here in San Diego, we aren't going to be able to go to any bars and celebrate. So um, I'll be absolutely watching the game. Um, with a small couple friends that are within my COVID bubble and, uh, and yeah, maybe, maybe ha having a couple beers too. Um, so looking forward to the game. It's going to be, it's going to be weird. <laughs> I'll tell you that, but, um, next year or the year after whenever COVID all goes away, uh, knock on wood, that's going to be one hell of a game too. So looking forward to this one and what's to come. Absolutely. Well, Rylan, we appreciate it. Here we go. We're going to, we're going to head to break just as the Navy basketball program has announced that it's paused all activities for 10 days and that their games against Morgan state and Delaware are canceled. So here we are at the outset of army Navy week with already some news that gives us pause. Hopefully everyone's healthy and good. And hopefully this doesn't affect the army Navy game on the football side, but Rylan Tui, thank you so much for joining the Sting second sports podcast. We're going to head to break really quick. When we come back, very happy to be joined by a voice from the other side of the conversation, Connor Crean, also known as Cons from the Zero Blog 30 podcast, to talk about Army, how bad he thinks Army will beat Navy, which he's probably going to be wrong at, and some other stuff about working in the barstool environment. So stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield. Ward Carroll, and special guest, Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at WeSingSecond. That's at WeSingSecond. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, we're back. So, so happy to be uh, joined by uh, Rylan and to talk about his spirit spots, which I have loved for years and years and years. And now we're going to uh, flip the script a little bit and, and talk about the Army perspective. It is Army-Navy week for us. It's Army week up there at West Point. It's Navy week. And who better to give us their perspective on Navy week than uh, Connor Crean, also known as Captain Cons on the Zero Blog 30 podcast. 
For those who don't know, Zero Blog 30, hosted by Uncle Chaps, Cons, and then Kate Mannion, you know, and an absolute enjoyable, um, not only funny, but but veteran advocacy uh, podcast uh, that really has a lot of good information, good interviews. So Cons, thank you very much for making time during uh, Army-Navy week. First off, from me, can you give our listeners a little bit of background? Maybe they haven't listened to ZBT a lot. How did you go from graduating from West Point 06? And then where did your career go from there? And then how did you land, you know, as associated with Barstool Sports? Sure. Well, uh, first off, John, thanks for having me and credit to me for agreeing to go on a show with two <laughs> Navy guys. I, I can't believe I'm actually doing this, but I'm going to be the bigger person because I thought back, we've actually had Joe Cardona on our show a few times. So I said, you know yep. what, if, if Joe can do it, I can do it. So thank you uh, for having me. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. So, I, you know, I graduated 06, had my career in the army, uh, which spanned active duty for five and a half years, including a deployment to Iraq in 2008 until 2009 and enjoyed a lot of great experiences, a lot of eye-opening experiences, some tough times, but overall a very enjoyable experience in the military. And then I transitioned out just like anybody else. And I made my way into the civilian world and Barstool was always just something I enjoyed as a, a fan, as a stoolie, as somebody who read it. My cousin, who was in the Boston area in 08 when I was in Iraq, sent me a link and said, hey, this is a funny website. They talk about sports, pop culture, all different things. I think you would enjoy it. And then I found myself reading it every day and really getting very involved, just consuming their content and really getting to know the personalities. And I think that's part of what makes Barstool as enjoyable and as popular as it is, is that people feel like they know everybody that they work there. Uh, and it's unique in that aspect. You know, you watch uh, some other sports radio stations or some sports television channels, and you don't necessarily feel like you, you have a relationship with the individuals as, as characters. So it's very unique in that regard. So when Chaps came up to Barstool in the summer of 2016, he said he wanted to start a veteran podcast, which was interesting because initially he said, I don't want my identity to be about being a veteran. And then he quickly realized, wait, I, I think I have a great platform here. So why not utilize it? So he decides I'm going to start a veteran podcast. He sends out a tweet saying, Hey, if you're a veteran, I'm going to have a different veteran on every week. And I'm just going to tell stories. We're going to tell stories. So if you're a veteran, send me a note. So I said, well, I got plenty of stories being a young platoon leader. Trust me. So I, I sent him what I thought was one of my funnier stories where I got called in the middle of the night because I had a soldier who got arrested for underage drinking, bailed him out of jail. He paid me back with a check. I cashed the check. Two weeks later, I get an email or uh, something in the mail from my bank. Hey, this check was no good. I asked the soldier. He says to me, sir, I have no idea why the check bounced. I have checks in my checkbook still. It shouldn't have bounced. So later that day, we had to have a basic banking 101 class. But nevertheless, I, I typed out that story to him. He thought it was good. We decided to record the following day. He said, do you have 15 minutes? I said, sure. We ended up talking for an hour about a plethora of different topics. And Dave, the founder of Barstool and Erica, the CEO, they said, hey, that was good. Just post that. He asked me to come back the third week. The fourth week, he's up in New York from San Antonio. We're in studio. And he's introducing the show. And unbeknownst to me, he introduces the show and says, and I got Connor with me again. And 
I don't think I'm going to do a different veteran every week. I think Connor's just going to be my co-host. So that was almost four and a half years ago. So here we are. Zero blog 30, number one military podcast on iTunes. And now I'm talking to you, fine gentlemen. As it should be. Ward, uh, next question. No, I'm just uh, a fanboy of the whole Barstool brand. You know, um, I, I've worked for a couple of startups in the veteran space, particularly We Are the Mighty uh, in L.A. In you know, I was Paul Zolder and I were the first dudes that. Oh, yeah. Um, that David Gale, who's MTV uh, president of MTV Films, you know, I got word, hey, he wants to start this thing in L.A. And they poached me from military.com in San Francisco. So um, I did it. And we were always the analog, um, you know, was was BuzzFeed in those days. Right. You know, everybody mm-hmm. wanted to be, you know, BuzzFeed this and, and Vice this. And um, and so then shortly thereafter, the analog became Barstool. In terms of creating a brand, keeping it real, raw, fun, sticky—you know—all all the things that you guys do. And on the in the military space, um, you have the luxury of just sort of talking extemporaneously, like you were just telling that that you know war story mm-hmm. there, which we all can relate to, right? In some um, form, you know, or as JOs, right? And yeah. and uh, um, you know, it's lovingly told. It's not like we're criticizing our our enlisted guys, you know, and so therefore. It's engaging, you mm-hmm. know, and, and so you're, you know, you're, you're, you have pedigree, but you're also approachable. And that combo is, is what is the underwrites the success. I'm a big fan of Kate's. I ran into Kate at Army Navy last year, um, you know, when Trump made his way in and out of there. Um, and, uh, you know, so you guys, you got the special sauce there. Um, so are you in New York? Is that, is that where you're living now? Are you, are you there uh, yes. in New York? I live well. I, tell you, I live in Hoboken, across the river from New York, but I'm in the office uh, a few days a week as well. That's that Frank office. Sinatra's hometown. Indeed, it is. Indeed, it is. Right? I'm not from here, but I've only I lived here about a decade. Uh, I grew up in another part of New Jersey, but uh, I always knew when I got out of the military, I wanted to to live here. It was just a great city and great place to be. So that's where I am now. Yeah. So El Presidente seems like a cool guy, you know, and I love the pizza place reviews and. Um, I'm not sure our politics align, but that's a different story. Um, and, uh, you know, it just seems like the kind of place that uh, a young vet would be lucky to work in. You've already admitted as much. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of staying power and, and, you know, New York is not a military town. Um, you know, what do you do to keep your finger on the pulse? Do you wander over to West Point and talk to uh, the, the cadets? Do you, uh, you know, how, how do we keep it relevant as well as real? Yeah, I think, you know, first I'll say Dave is fantastic. And what's great about Barstool is that myself, Kate Chaps, we're the only ones with any military experience and military service. So they just kind of like let us go and they trust us, which is great. And, you know, I think we've uh, proved that we can be trusted, which is also great. Uh, So we have them behind us. We have the full backing of Barstool. And I think that has really opened doors for us where if we were just trying to start a veteran podcast out of thin air, it might be a little more difficult and take a little bit more time. And what Barstool is great about is giving us that springboard to get our foot in the door with some other places. Like if we go down to to Washington, DC and talk to some folks on Capitol Hill. Uh, So between the, the Barstool engine and then we consume the three of us plus our producer, Kyle, we, we consume 
just a ton of military publications. You mentioned military.com talking about Paul Zoldra, you know, talking about task and purpose. We are reading all of these sites daily. And I don't know, short of still being in the military, how much more we would get out of being in a military town just because everything is online these days. And what's great is now we have all these folks who are stationed all over the world who will send us information and they'll send us stories and be like, Hey, FYI, this is going to pop up in the next day or two. So, uh, you know, keep your, keep your ear to the ground and, and wait for this story. And, you know, typically it usually does come to fruition that these stories come to light. So between the, the barstool engine, the connections that the three of us have just through our own experiences, and then all the great military publications, we're able to keep a pretty tight pulse on what's going on in the military, all while recognizing that, you know, a lot, all three of us have been removed from the military life for quite a while. So we do rely on uh, a lot of folks who will give us uh, a perspective of what it's currently like. Hey, thanks again uh, for, for joining us. I, I wanted to ask a little bit more about the, the rivalry. During my four years at Navy, we lost three of the four uh, games. Um, and it was, uh, you know, as you would expect, uh, very difficult. You were there during the, the streak that, uh, that Navy had uh, and, and not trying to bust your chops, but it, it was almost like that length of time for any one team you know, it it, it kind of took away from that rivalry because I mean, you know, it was really nice every year of my four years going in and and not having to worry about that. I mean, I think at the time we were pretty much tied. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like, sort of coming of age during that streak, and then for, from your perspective, how great it was for you guys to uh, to end that streak? Um, you, you know, after that many losses to Navy in a row. Yeah, no, you're right. That was that was really difficult because I don't think. No matter how Army or Navy is done during the year, they will go into that game thinking, okay, we can beat this. And I would just point to 15. So we finally broke the streak in 16. In 15, we we came into that game two and nine, but having watched the team play, I knew I th- or I knew we were better than our record. So I was like, you know what? We can beat them. And I mean, it came down to the last play. We had a chance on a Hail Mary. So I think that's true of any year, you know, short of one of the schools just losing 40 players and being decimated and playing all freshmen. I think it's going to be a close game no matter what. Last year, obviously not that, not so much, but I think by and large, most years will be a, a close game just based on the rivalry. It was tough during my four years, certainly, because aside from just Navy, we just weren't very good. We did not win a lot of football games. Uh, it was a tough time. Uh, it was right, you know, right when things were starting to pick up in Iraq and Afghanistan. And we certainly for years to come saw the effects of that. And, and it's very difficult to recruit. <laughs> Not to, There's a lot of reasons uh, I think why we were having some down years, but one of the main reasons being that I think it was difficult to recruit when with Navy and air force, there isn't necessarily as much of a immediate threat in Iraq and Afghanistan versus your boots on the ground fighting in those conflicts. So that was tough. I, I will say my senior year, the end of the year, we were coming off playing a few games really well, and we were winning some games. We had beaten Air Force at Air Force for the first time since 79. We went into that Navy game really confident and thinking, okay, this could be the year. And I always say, like, that would have been great. To your point, I don't think it's good for the rivalry when, when one team wins that many years in a row. 
So had we been able to break it up in 05 there, I think that would have been better for the rivalry because then it gets to a point where you just start thinking, "Uh uh-oh, here we go again. And not only are you playing the team in front of you, but you're also playing against that streak. And that's just an added weight. So I can remember going back to 16 as that game is winding down and we're trying to get those first down to, to seal the game. I had knots in my stomach and I'm just sitting in the stands. So I have no effect on this game. So I think that just speaks to how I I felt though. And now just, we're so lucky that we have an amazing coach now in in coach Munkin. I think he has clearly turned the program around and what he has done better than managing games, better than winning games is he's really changed the culture at army to where we feel confident going against bigger opponents. Whereas I tell you what, if my senior year, we were slated to go play Michigan. I don't know about that, but going to play Michigan last year, you say, okay, bring it on. So that's a very long way of saying it was very difficult for me as a player and then as a fan, but it has gotten considerably easier now knowing that we are going to be competitive no matter what. Not only Michigan, but Oklahoma and, and, a, and a great pedigree of teams that Army is putting on the schedule. Now, I was personally surprised, and we're going to be joined later in the week by retired Lieutenant General Bob Caslin, who's now the, uh, now the president of the University of South Carolina. I thought that Munkin might be in that conversation. Now, I know that they hired Frank Beamer's kid out of Oklahoma. Why not? They're producing Heisman Trophy winners every single year there. Do you think, you know, as a football aficionado and having, you know, gotten under center yourself a bunch, where do you think he gets considered for jobs and what can Army do in order to keep him there? That's a great question. I think anytime Army has a good year and, and a lot of winning seasons in a row like we have, and certainly those those marquee games where we still haven't gotten over the hump of beating one of those marquee schools, those blue blood schools, but we're right there. So I think anytime you see something like that, his name's going to get tossed around. Where I think we are lucky is that he is not a conventional coach. He runs the triple option. And I think a lot of schools would not be open to that. I don't think so. For as good of a coach as he is, I don't think he was really ever considered for that South Carolina job, despite General Caslin. And you can ask him yourself, because I don't think the athletic director would be too thrilled about running the triple option in the SEC. So I think that's where I'm optimistic that we just keep him forever. And, you know, selfishly, I want him to win so many games that we build a statue for him. But, you know, one day when he dies. Uh, but certainly, I think. You win a lot of games, you're going to get put in the conversation. And I also think just the way he carries himself, you see, sorry, but the the comments he made very candidly about what happened with Air Force and then the interview after the Georgia Southern game, you see a lot of people saying, wow, that's somebody I want to play for. That's somebody whose locker, locker room I want to be in. He looks like he's a good leader, a good person. And I think so often, especially now with the salaries that are paid out to these head coaches, And you see some of the not so savory things that these gentlemen will do to earn more money. And when he is kind of the antithesis of that, it makes him even that much more desirable, especially to mom and dad at home who think like, I want to put my child in the hands of someone who's going to teach my son to be a good man above all else. And I think that's what we have in Jeff Munkin. 
I would agree completely. And I'm going to hand it back to Ward for uh, another round before we let you go. But, you know, for, for me, I, I've always found it um, very interesting that, you know, when I was at West Point and um, for that very abbreviated time, Bob Sutton was the head coach and everyone mm-hmm. talked about, you know, what a great man of character Bob Sutton was and going through the years having people who understand the program and understand the physical mission. And that is the genesis of the sing second sports podcast is talking about what the physical mission has done for you. Uh, Jeff Munkin, Kenny Matalolo, you know, even I'll even throw Troy Calhoun in there begrudgingly, but you know, they, they absolutely get that. So on that note, before I head it over to Ward, what did the physical mission, you know, upon the fields of friendly strife or sown the seeds of victory, for you personally, how much did the physical mission, your your participation in D1 sports at Army and the emphasis on that physical mission, how much did it help you in your career? Oh, it helped me immensely. Uh, you know, I learned things that I don't think you could, you're not going to learn in textbooks. And, I, you know, not just football, but I think a lot of sports, if not every sport, as long as it's a team sport, is going to teach you valuable lessons uh, about leadership and certainly Balancing a sport at an uh, excuse me an, an academy is wholly different than playing a sport at any other school. So you need to have that discipline to make sure that you're still going to class, make sure you're studying your playbook, prepping each week for your opponent, all the while not falling behind in, in school, being where you're supposed to be on time, being in formations, being in the right uniform. There's so many balls that you have to juggle that when you get out into the military and you're leading men you are much more prepared for that than I think folks who didn't play a sport and and not to say that you have to play a sport to be a good leader. I just think it gave me a significant advantage and it gave me a lot of trials and tribulations that I was able to then lean on when I found myself in tough situations in the army. And specifically I can always remember, and it's in the back of my head to this day, my position coach used to chirp this at us all the time, PMA, 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 positive mental attitude. And I can just remember coming off a 48 hour mission where I'm eating nothing but MREs coming back to my cop out in Iraq on the border of Iran and getting shelled with mortars. And you think to yourself, gosh, this stinks. But then you figure out a way to find that silver lining, like, Oh, Hey, there's a new package just arrived in the mail for me. Let me make the most of that. So I think between the great coaches I played for to include Bobby Ross and then just the great in- instructors I had at West Point, I-, I just felt like I was more prepared to lead men in combat than had I not played a sport. I love everything you just said. I, I think it's uh, it's right on. And, uh, you know, we've been doing remembrances of our Army-Navy games as the old guy, uh, you know, in the mix here. My first Army-Navy game was fall of 1978 in JFK. So how old am I? Coldest <laughs> stadium ever made. Um, and Navy took it pretty handily. We won my youngster year, my second class year, and then we went into my first class year. My classmate was Eddie Myers. You know, coach was George Welch. We were highly favored, and Eddie fumbled the opening kickoff, and we battled to a 3-3 tie. Um, So, as we know, anything can happen at the Army-Navy game. Um, Further, I I love your attitude towards Coach Munkin because – it's not a rivalry if we're winning 14 years in a row. 
Mm-hmm. Right. It's just like Navy Notre Dame. That's not a rivalry. Yeah. You know, we can talk about, hey, they owe us because of World War II. And, you know, I think everybody's kind of tired of that whole logic. Obviously, Notre Dame's tired of it because mm-hmm. they begged off on playing us this year. Right. Um, you know, and 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 understandably so, I guess. But, uh, you know, the rivalry's back. And, you know, when Army's good, it keeps us honest. Um, and I think that that that's, you know, I, I don't like, you know, intramural warriors being arrogant in the stands and just assuming they're going to win. Um, you know, and, and I love your attitude about in the field as well. I had uh, the luxury when I was the editor of military.com of embedding with task force rockets in Paktika province. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, we were with uh, angel company at uh, outpost uh, Yosef Cal and uh, the platoon leader, a guy named uh, Lieutenant Smith was a West point guy. Mm-hmm. And he was an athlete and he exactly embodied what you're talking about in terms of never quit, get it done, you know, focus. And so some folks want to be cynical about the, the money and the effort that's put into division one um, athletics, you know, and I, I, I reject that for exactly what you just said. Yeah, um, I, I absolutely agree. And I, I, I don't think this is unique to me either. It's just in the back of my mind, every every time I stepped into a room in the military, in the army, I was labeled a West Point guy. And then soon thereafter, I was labeled an army football player. So with that comes certain expectations. So in the back of my mind, I always thought like, well, I can't let these people down. All these men that came before me, all these great, great men that I will never be as great as, but I can't let them down. So that always that always stuck with me. And that was just something that allowed me to never quit, no matter what the circumstances, because I, I couldn't let down my teammates, my buddies, and all those those great men. And and you mentioned Coach Sutton, and I, I mentioned Coach Ross and now Coach Munkin. I, I think the same goes for that. Like you hear these gentlemen speak about these coaches decades later. And I think that is something that they all hold very dear, that they don't want to let people down. And it's that sense of purpose that allows us to prevail in the face of adversity. Yeah, right on. I love it. I love it. So I, I'm on the chain gang uh, for my, my academy class as a chain gang for Navy home games. And so therefore we do the Army Navy game every other year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm reminded just the majesty of the game every time I get to be there. You know, generally it's at the link. Next year we'll be up at Giant Stadium. Um, but I will tell you, um, regardless of who wins, and I've been there when we've won and I've been there when we've lost in recent years, um, when you sing the alma maters, and obviously the brand here is Sing Second, so I, we, we enjoy singing second, but I get unashamedly uh, emotional to the point of weeping just at, you know, because usually the, the Corps of Cadets and the Brigade of Midshipmen are, are at the quarters in the stands mm-hmm. uh, and kind of adjacent. And just now, again, I'm 61 years old and I, I've been there and done that. And what they're into and what's going to happen in their futures, and it just hits me. You know, this this game matters for all the reasons that that, you know, some can – dismisses corny or hackneyed, but you know, what you've said, I want people to listen to that, uh, you know, from a, a field tested, uh, army captain. Um, cause that's, that's right on. And, and yeah. so thanks for saying that. <laughs> I have, uh, unfortunately I have pictures of myself, my senior year, and I'm, I have some tears coming down my face singing our alma mater on the field. And I, but I, I'm the same way now, even listening 
to the alma mater saying, not just Army Navy, it seems like every game I, I stand there at attention and I listen and it, it will get to me. And I just posted something on social media a few years ago. We had our our Cadet Glee Club post a very nice video of them singing the full alma mater. And I watched it last night and it just made me emotional. So I, I agree and I understand what you're talking about. It just evokes a lot of thought and it evokes the memory of a lot of individuals and a lot of time spent with great people. So it's, I think if you don't get emotional, then there's something wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, not, not to take us out. I'll let John do that, but uh, you know, thanks uh, for being here and, and please pass our best to Kate and everybody at Barstool. You guys are awesome. Keep it going. Um, love, love what you're doing. Cons, I'll leave you with this as we take it out. Um, you know, I think it was probably your sophomore year as Army went 0-13 um, and lost to uh, a Kyle Echel-led uh, Navy team winning 34-6. to You know, the, the quote from the Army captain, senior linebacker Ryan Kent was, the record doesn't matter, meaning, you know, how many armies lost to Navy in a row or what the overall record is, but just to be part of a team and be named captain, that's a great honor. I'm disappointed, but it's a source of pride for me. And I think that embodies what's important about the physical mission. As we go out, I'm going to ask you what your favorite memory was having worn, um, you know, the army uniform um, and, and then what you know, what you uh, expect to see on Saturday when the, uh, when the final, when the final gun goes off. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. You mentioned Ryan, Ryan's a, a good friend, a, a mentor to me and, and just a great, great family man now and successful gentleman. So I'm happy that you mentioned him. He's great. I, I think honestly, my, I, I wouldn't pinpoint one memory. I guess maybe if I had to, it would be the night before. I mean, Navy, my senior year, uh, we, as I mentioned, we were playing well and, and, we, we had a lot of promise in front of us and then coupled that with the worst day of my army football career, losing to them the next day. And just, I can remember, and I'm not ashamed to admit this. I can remember sitting in my locker and sobbing for 45 minutes after the game uncontrollably, I could not be consoled because my football life, since I'm eight years old, that was over. I didn't get it. I would never get another chance to beat Navy. So that was gone. And it just felt like a part of my body was ripped from me and I would never regain it, never regrow it. Uh, so certainly the success that the Army football team has had of, of late very much helps me deal with that. And that's probably why I'm so emotional and crazy during the games is because it really does mean that much. And I actually just mentioned to my girlfriend uh, that on, on Saturday, I'm going to have knots in my stomach at kickoff and nothing I do will have any outcome on the game. No matter how you, how loud I scream, no matter the text I send to my buddies, nothing I can do will change the outcome of the game. But nevertheless, I will have knots in my stomach. I am confident though, that our seniors will refuse to lose at Mikey stadium. I think we are playing well this year. Um, I think if I know the coaches, I think they will highlight the comments made by coach Niamatololo in the beginning of the season, how he thought the CIC might not be fair if certain games weren't played versus what coach Munkin had said that, Hey, we're going to play and we're going to figure out a way to play safely and, and, and get it done. And I just think 
and we showcase this against Georgia, Georgia Southern when you have a, a quarterback who fumbles the ball three times in the first half, goes down, and it has a big deficit going into halftime, comes out and wins the game. I think that just speaks to the entire team, not just that one player. But I think there's no quitting these guys, and I just do not believe that they will allow themselves to lose at Mikey Stadium this Saturday. Connor, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Love the perspective from the Army side. Yeah, very excited to talk to General Chasm later in the week and hopefully a bunch more Army guys. But for what you do for veterans from all of us, thank you. Um, and thank you to Kate and, and Chaps. Uh, you know, keep, keep doing what you're doing because I'm telling you, it, it makes a huge difference. Well, I appreciate that. That means a lot. And I'll certainly pass those wishes along to those two and our producer, Kyle, as well. And, and thank you all for your service. And I appreciate you having me as your guest. All right, cons. All right. Well, thank you so much to uh, Connor Crean. I, I, I sounds funny calling him Connor Crean. Um, Captain Cons from the Zero Blog 30 podcast. Uh, very awesome to talk to him. Uh, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're just going to take it out. Uh, what a great start to Army Navy week. Uh, with Ryland Tui and uh, Cons, both sides of the uh, both sides of the coin. Um, you know, when when we come back, Ward and I will will give you our perspective as we head into Tuesday. More great guests ahead. Stick with us. We're going to break. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, please shoot us a DM at We Sing Second. That's at We Sing Second. There are a number of national and local sponsorships still available. All right, we're back. Um, so Ward, you started it off, and and I didn't want to say the words, but I thought I thought you said them very well. Um, for Connor, I am such a I am such like you, a fanboy of what they've done. You know, not just because of the popularity, not because it's barstool, because it's hip, but because of what they do, because of how they care about their craft. Now, you have been in the podcast game for a lot longer. Uh, with a lot more thoughtful topics, you know, your, your evaluation of what they're doing and the benefit that, that, that it has beyond Army Navy Week. Well, so I think Connor hit it when he mentioned that uh, uh, Dave, who's the head of Barstool, kind of gives him free reign. You know, he, he, he just respects their pedigree, their, their back ground enough to just trust them and that's when you take the bar stool impact and you add military credible relevant content and veteran advocacy then you've got a cool formula because as we know since 9-11 and since the mid-aughts the sea of goodwill is is you know 40,000 organizations big and it can start to get a little bit cliche, a little bit insincere, a little bit hackneyed in terms of who is it that speaks for the troops? You know, who shows them the love? Who cares more than the next organization about wounded vets or mill spouses or whatever? And so if you listen to Zero Blog 30 and you see what they do on their quick hits on social, um, you see that they're they're real. They keep it real. You know, and that sounds cliche, but, but they, they do. And the thing that's cool about the gig they have, and I, and consent as much is they, they are allowed to make a career 
at least a day job, out of being who they are. Um, and that's a lot. That's a real luxury is anybody who's had a job that they dreaded. Um, and this is our greatest fear after we get out of the Navy is we'll do something that we don't love as much as we love being in the Navy. You know, tough act to follow kind of thing. So they found it. And from a business standpoint, as I said, when we were talking to him, um, it's the analog for how do you monetize being cool? You know, how do you monetize being real? How do you monetize the, the dynamic between a group of friends? You know, and, and that's what Barstool has done. And uh, you watch him play Chenga. You watch him watch a football game. You know, you're watching other people watch a game. You watch them discuss the headlines in terms of military topics. It's, it's fantastic. You watch Kate looking out of the window of her apartment, the car is going by. You know, it's, I can't look away, you know, because I care what she thinks about the pizza guy or the UPS driver. You know, it, it's, they're very sincere. They're credible. They have huge hearts and they're funny. So we saw it. And the other things that Connor says in terms of his insights of being a platoon leader and where you leverage being a varsity athlete, um, that, was, that was a bumper sticker for what Sing Second's approach to the enterprise is. And, and so I, I loved what he said there. Exactly. I, I, I think Khan's talked about, you know, the, the actual in the trenches between the hash marks uh, feelings of being a part of something very special and, and hearing from Rylan, he, he was always able to bring a lighter side, which I think everyone needs um, in a service Academy atmosphere. You know, the ability to laugh at, at the suck, um, you know, that, that exists. Um, you know, for, for Rylan, I, I'll encourage all of our, all of our viewers to go out and, and find his YouTube page. Um, he has an incredible uh, uh, swath of videos out there, not just the spirit spots, but something he did for uh, Veterans Day for the Naval Academy about five years ago, which is, is still one of the most emotional videos I've ever seen. Uh, so search Ryland Tui on YouTube and see the latest spirit spot for Army Week. And then secondly, please you know, go out, if you're a veteran, if you are a supporter of veterans, if you're active duty or otherwise, Follow the Zero Blog 30 podcast, uh, Chaps, Kate, uh, Captain Cons, uh, a lot of good information out there. So, so, please, so please do that. When we come back tomorrow, we're going to put these out every day, but when we come back to you tomorrow, not only are we going to be joined by Admiral James Stavridis, who was once UCOM and now a frequent contributor on uh, television news about national security issues, but we're also going to be joined by the author of A Civil War, John Feinstein, uh, who has written, you know, not only a book about a great Army-Navy football rivalry, but a great book about uh, Army-Navy basketball and the Patriot League. So I think we're going to have two great perspectives again tomorrow. So listen to this pod, like it, endorse it, send it out, and then join us tomorrow as we bring in two other great, uh, great guests. And then as we go forward through the week, Dick Vermeil, Bob Caslin, Ted Carter. Uh, that on for people to listen to as we go through 
and continue matriculating the ball down the field toward beating the hell out of Army. Ward Carroll, take us out. So I should have said this a couple of episodes ago um, after uh, Bongo Cam Gate. Um, I, I, I want to say a couple things. First off, um, I was wrong. The Blue Crab won when we were playing Memphis and we still lost the game. So my, my uh, you know, whatever you call it, um, my myth, it's now a myth, that um, when the Blue Crab wins, we win, is, it was proved false. Further, um, the 100 mids who were there when we played Memphis um, really took to Bongo Cam. Bongo Cam, they were on it. And it was actually fun to watch on the Jumbotron. So I'm, I'm back in for the Bongo Cam. I think that that's, that should stay. And good, good call by the folks in charge of, of that, that entertainment. It works. So I apologize for being critical early on about the bongo cam. No apology necessary. Chris Cervello loves the bongo cam. I mean, I look over, you know, in the press box, the table is shaken. He is bongoing. Well, the bongo he, cam he sucked has... last weekend, right? The bongo cam was not working because they didn't know how to do it. The, the people, oh, that yeah. it. but when the Miz were there, they absolutely nailed it. You know, Chris, they, they Chris has it. the lats and the triceps to just bongo it. Um, yeah, it's, it's sure. something. It's not easy. It looks easy. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. So on that note, uh, we will take it out um, for Ward Carroll. Thank you so much for making the time for fanboying with me. Thank you so much to Captain Cons, who I just love talking to. Chris uh, Cervello, thank you so much for what you're doing to help us put out a great product and for everyone who supports the sing second sports podcast, stick with us all week. We're going to be tweeting. We're going to be Instagramming. We're going to be putting out pods every day. It's army week. So go Navy beat army word. Carol, take us out with like a few bars of like, uh, no, I, I was going to have you singing all the goat is old and gnarly and he's never been to school. <laughs> That's it. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.